Hey y'all, it's Carmen. Thank you for joining me today for the Let's Be Real podcast. And you are joining me on week three of a series that we are focusing in on this idea of being lost, being found, being dead, and then being made alive. So the first week we talked about the two spiritual conditions of being dead in our sins and transgressions and trespasses and Christ coming into someone's life and being made alive in Christ. And we go from spiritually dead on a dead-end road to hell. And when Christ enters into our lives, we have been made alive and walking toward the road of eternal life in heaven. Last week, we talked about this idea of being lost and how it could mean spiritually dead, but it could also mean that person who has been made alive in Christ through salvation, but has wandered away from a loving, growing, thriving relationship with their Savior, Jesus. And so today we're going to continue on in that, in that idea. And our scripture is out of Luke 15. Last week we looked at verses 8 through 10, uh, the parable of the lost coin. And today we're going to look at verses 1 through 7, the parable of the lost sheep. But before we do that, I want to give you a, a little, tell you a little story. So sometimes when we walk our dog girly, we'll leave her off of her leash and her harness and we'll just take her, try and keep her right there in our yard where she's not going to wander off too far. If somebody walks down the street, she may go chase after them. She may get loose. So we don't do that often, but sometimes we do that. So in that situation, what's the guaranteed way for her to get back home inside the safety of our house? It's not me, although she's pretty good about when I call her, she comes, she comes back. But the guaranteed way is for me to pick her up and carry her inside. Why? Because she's not getting out of my arms. Because my presence and my hold on her is her security. So with that in mind, let's look at the parable of the lost sheep. First, we're going to start with the context of these parables. And we find that in verses 1 and 2. And it says, Now the tax collectors and sinners, in quotations, were all gathering around to hear him, that's Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. So Jesus had accumulated a crowd of, quote, sinners or, quote, unclean followers, according to the Jewish Levitical law, which the Pharisees followed to a T and beyond, adding to God's law because it was not enough for them to feel separated from the lower class of Jewish people. For those Pharisees who spent their life's energy on remaining clean and separated, Hearing Jesus' words of love and messianic claims was an unnerving disconnect between them and him. Hence the muttering we see here, and later on the egregious plot to kill Jesus, their Messiah, who would mix and mingle with the most unclean of the society. So in this moment where one class of people, those in need of a Savior, 
and those whose self-righteousness blinded them to their need for a Savior, Jesus speaks these parables on the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the lost son. Can you feel the tension in this moment? Let's read verses 3 through 7. We'll define some terms, and then we'll discuss the implications for us today. Luke 15, verses 3 through 7. Then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Does he not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way there will be rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous persons who do not need to repent. Okay, let's define a few terms we see in this passage to get a clearer understanding of what Jesus is telling us. Also, keep in mind throughout this discussion who his audience is at this moment. We don't want to forget that. The word lost here means to cut off entirely. The word sinner means a person who falls short of what God approves, and they forfeit by missing the mark or the target. Repent means to change thinking or to change one's mind or purpose. Going from sin thinking to God thinking. And then righteous is a person who has been justified in the eyes of God or what is in conformity to God's standards. So with these in mind, let's think about what Jesus is saying. Verse 4, Jesus identifies the situation. A person has or owns 100 sheep. That would make this person a shepherd. One sheep goes astray, gets lost, or wanders from the rest of the flock. Jesus asks the obvious question here. Rhetorical in nature, would not the shepherd go and find the one sheep missing? Why, of course, a good shepherd would. And even a better shepherd would search until he finds the sheep. Jesus is identifying himself as the shepherd. In John 10, Jesus declares that he is the good shepherd. Let's look at John 10, verses 11 through 16. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd who owns the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. Why does Jesus go out and look for one seemingly insignificant sheep who has gotten lost? Because he is the good shepherd. It is not in his nature to do any less. Was this sheep any more important than the one in the pen beside him? Let's call them Sammy and Sandra. 
If Sammy had stayed and Sandra had gone astray, the good shepherd would do for Sandra what he does for Sammy. Hear me. No sheep is more important than the next. This was the message the Pharisees and scribes needed to hear, and yet that did not match up with their preconceived notions of who the good shepherd should look like. Matthew 10.6 tells us that Jesus' first sheep to go after were the, quote, lost sheep of Israel. He gave this command to his disciples. So in this passage in Luke 15, Jesus was fulfilling that desire to go to Israel first, then to the, quote, other sheep not of this pen, and that would be everyone else, not of Jewish descent. Me and you, if we are not Jewish. Jesus was not discriminating who was in need of being found sinner, righteous, Jew, or Gentile. Colossians 3 tells us that there is no distinction in God's kingdom. Okay, so we have focused on the shepherd. Now let's look at the sheep. Why sheep? According to sheep101.info, and I'm not real sure of the validity of that website, but it says that sheep are mentioned in the Bible more than 500 times, more than any other animal. The prominence of sheep in the Bible grows out of two realities. Sheep were important to the nomads and agricultural life of the Hebrews and similar peoples. And secondly, sheep are used throughout the Bible to symbolically refer to God's people. Why? Because sheep need a shepherd to aid in their survival so that predators do not get in and destroy them. Let's look back at John 10 verses 7 through 10. It says, Therefore Jesus said again, I tell you the truth, I am the gate for the sheep. All who ever came before me were thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. He will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. There is danger outside of the pen, outside of the safety of the shepherd's guiding hand and voice. Let's recall Psalm 23, 1 through 4. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. There are enormous benefits when being with the good shepherd. Okay, let's get back to Luke 15 in this parable. Jesus is telling to the sinners and the Pharisees who don't like what they are hearing and seeing. What happens next in the parable? The good shepherd finds the lost sheep, like the lost coin from last week, Did the shepherd do anything to change its location or lost condition or help itself get found? No, the shepherd did it all. Did all the searching and the finding and the rescuing. What does the shepherd do? Did he leave the sheep there in its lost condition? No, he put him on his shoulders and carried him home. And he did it joyfully. And he called for a celebration. He did not punish the sheep. He wanted everyone to know that his precious possession was home. He 
had found his lost sheep. And how does Jesus bring this parable back home to his audience? He says that the same celebrating is going on in heaven when a, quote, sinner repents, more so than when the righteous continue on in righteous living. So what does this mean for us? Four things I want us to take away. Number one, we are the sheep. Either sinner or righteous, we are both in need of a Savior. Number two, the good shepherd is there searching, not giving up on anyone. He does not regard his own safety in the rescue mission, only the sheep's. Willing and able to pick the found sheep up and carry him home to the security of being in the shepherd's presence. Number three, rejoice when a lost sheep is found. If you are back in the pen, pray for that lost sheep with the confidence and the promise that the good shepherd will search until that sheep is found. And number four, don't rely on your own righteousness. Don't confuse God's righteousness in you as your righteousness. No one is righteous, no, not one. If only the Pharisees would have realized that they themselves were a lost sheep and that the good shepherd was standing in front of them, searching, wanting them to come home to the fold of where his presence was all that mattered, not their own efforts. How will you respond to the good shepherd today in light of our discussion? Let's pray. Dear God, thank you so much for this day. God, thank you for this truth, this parable that we can we can understand in practical ways. God, I thank you that Jesus is the good shepherd and that his sheep know his voice. God, I pray that you would help us to always listen for his voice, to be mindful of what the good shepherd is leading us to do. And I pray for that lost sheep has wandered away, God, I pray with confidence for that person's soul, and I know that you, your son, is out looking, searching, will rescue them, find them, rescue them, and then bring them home. I pray you would do that, and you do it quickly for those that we love dearly. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Just like getting my dog back home from a walk off her leash is a top priority, the same is true with Jesus. I would not dare go into the house and leave her outside unattended and unprotected. A gazillion times more so for where the Good Shepherd is concerned with us. What a comfort that truth is. Jesus is in the lost and found business. We will see even more of that next week as we look at the parable of the lost son. I cannot wait to get to it with you next time. I'll see you then. God bless. Thank you for joining me today for the Let's Be Real podcast. I hope that you have been encouraged by our time together. Friend, I want you to know that Jesus is so important to me. And I want to share with you that you can have a relationship with Jesus just like I have a relationship with Jesus. 
There are three easy steps to finding that relationship. Number one, admit that you are a sinner. Number two, believe on Jesus as the only one who can save you because he lived a perfect life. He died on a cross. He was buried in a tomb. And then three days later, he arose from the dead, victorious over sin and death. Believe that he did that for you. And then the third thing to do is to confess. Confess that Jesus Christ is your Savior. It's as easy as that. I want to encourage you, if you have not made that decision to follow Christ and go into a relationship with Him, will you do that today? Will you ask Jesus to come in and be a part of your life, to be the Lord and Savior of your life, to be in charge? If you have made that decision today, I would love to hear from you. Please email me at berealcarmen at gmail.com so that I can be encouraging you, praying for you, and sending you some resources to help in your new walk with Christ. Check out more Encouraging Gospel Center podcasts on the Kingdom Rock Podcast Network at kingdomrock.org. This is Carmen. Go be real. The world needs to see it.